heather, locks and bagpipes. There's nothing more festive than a visit to Scotland. Why not stay a while? There's plenty of room. Hi, and welcome to day seven of the Dark Christmas Tales Advent Calendar. This tale is called Wish, written by Angela Blythe and read by the author. In the middle of November, I saw her. I knew I'd seen her before, but couldn't quite recall when. In my distant memory, not only did I remember her, but somehow I knew she would come to me again. I'm sorry if I sound so distracted. My mind is elsewhere these days since I found out the truth. The second time I saw her was in my kitchen in broad daylight. I walked in, like any other day, and an old woman was crying, placing blood-stained clothes in the washing machine. She looked at me and smiled, knowing that I had seen her. With that, it seemed enough, and she disappeared. Needless to say, I was very shocked, even though, as I have said, this wasn't the first time we'd met. Let's face it, you just don't expect to see a ghost in your kitchen on a bright sunny day. The thing that bothered me the most was not that I'd seen her, as she didn't give me a sense of dread at all. It was where I'd seen her before. It was a long time ago. I sat on the sofa and had a cup of tea. I was in my forties now. I hadn't seen this woman for a very long time. I must have been a young girl. And it wasn't here. No, no, it was at my parents' house. My parents' house when I was a girl. I felt sure that it was Christmas when I had first seen her. Mum and Dad were long gone. But I did have quite a few recordings of past Christmases. Perhaps they would jog my memory. I never expected to actually see her on one of them, though. I must have been about six. In the video, it was early one Christmas morning. The joy could be felt through the screen, and I was taken back there. All the feelings held me like a warm blanket. I began to cry at the thought of how wonderful those days were. My mum and dad were still alive, and I didn't have a care in the world. Oh, how we realise how good our childhood days were when we were older. I wished I could have that day back now. Even just an hour spent in the past. No worries, secure, and everyone I loved around me. Auntie Morag was in the video too. She came every Christmas. My dad's younger sister was still alive and I visited her every week. The whole family moved from Scotland just after Mum and Dad got married. Dad had a good job, and because his factory was relocating to England, he had to move too. After visiting a few times, Auntie Morag decided to make this part of the world her home as well. In the video, I was opening my last few presents, and began to talk to someone in the corner. I picked up my doll and showed it to them. Who are you talking to? Auntie Morag asked. The lady there in the corner, she's smiling at me, I said, looking back at where I'd seen her. I watched myself turn back to Auntie Morag with a sad expression. Oh, she's gone now, I said. How I wish I could see her again. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, you will, my father said, in a hushed voice behind the camera. I'd never seen this before. I decided to investigate. Auntie Morag was pretty old by now, but she seemed to have all her marbles. I wondered if she'd remember this Christmas. I got in the car and drove there straight away. The weather was discussed as usual, with cups of tea offered. The tin of Scottish shortbread came out naturally. I love you coming to see me, Jane, Auntie Morag said. But I get the feeling that there's something else behind this visit. Yes. I wondered if you remembered something, actually. There was a video I was watching earlier. It was one Christmas morning, and you're visiting as usual. I was opening my presents, and a pretty small. At one point, I say that there's a lady in the corner, and you and Dad seem to know more about it, I said. Auntie Morag relaxed further back in her seat and closed her eyes. I know who she is, Auntie Morag said. That's Mary Campbell. Her maiden name was Fraser. Oh, like ours? I asked. Yes, she's an old ancestor of ours. Her story is a sad tale indeed. In those days, life wasn't easy, Auntie Morag said. Please tell me, I asked. I was about to, Auntie Morag said abruptly. It's a good story, and it's one you need to hear. I watched her turn her eyes to the heavens, recalling the tale, waiting for the inspiration, pulling all the pieces together about Mary Campbell. Mary was one of the Frasers, and they were a fine Scottish family with land, but as usual, in those times, they had enemies. Our sworn enemies were the Campbells, and Mary fell in love with the youngest son of the clan Campbell. Auntie Morag said, Yes, one of the Campbells. Tell me what was his name, I asked. Campbell, Auntie Morag said. Yes, OK. Don't you know his first name? I asked. That was his first name. He was named Campbell Campbell. That wasn't unusual in those days, or even now in Scotland. So Mary was very much in love. They eloped one midsummer night, and she got married to Campbell. When the Frasers found out, they were furious, and they banished her from their family. The Campbells didn't want a Fraser with them either, so Mary and Campbell settled on their own on the outskirts of the town. Auntie Morag said. I nodded. This was a good story, and Auntie Morag was telling it well. A year or so later, it came to pass that things got nasty, and the Campbells and Frasers had a battle in a small place called Boleskine, next to Loch Ness. Campbell Campbell heard about this, and thought that he could be an intermediary, so he and Mary made their way to the battle. This was the worst thing they could have done, because Mary's family were so angry to see the youngest Campbell that they instantly put him to death. Auntie Morag said. She took a sip of her tea. No, I said. Auntie Morag nodded before continuing. They rounded on him and made sure he was done for. Mary lay crying over his body. 
One of the Campbells went over to finish her off in retaliation for his kinsman's murder. But then he thought of a worse idea. He would let her live in grief. And it was worse. Auntie Morag's eyes were sparkling bright now. She relished the retelling of this tale. So Mary carried on living in that little house, and by heck she was bitter. She had to bury Campbell Campbell in the garden herself. She talked to no one, and she died in that little house of old age. When she did pass, they wouldn't bury her with the rest of the Frasers. Yet she still haunts the graveyard she should have rested in, Auntie Morag whispered. So, it must have been one of our ancestors that killed Campbell, I asked. Yes, it was. It was one of Mary's brothers that did it for young Campbell, and he is the one that's our ancestor, wee Willie Fraser, Auntie Morag said. Even with the gravity of the tale, I laughed a little. I know what you're thinking, but it was very common to be called Willie in those days. Mary's father was called Old Willie. Morag said, raising her eyebrows. No one thought anything of the name Willie when I was younger. It's only you young people who had to change it into something rude. OK, so why did I see her then that Christmas morning? I asked. It's the curse of the Frasers, Auntie Morag said. There, it's out in the open, I've said it. Your father didn't want me to tell you, and I said I wouldn't, as long as you never asked. But now you know. I know Mary's story now, but I don't know about the curse, I said. Well, that's it, isn't it? She cursed the rest of the Frasers because of what they did to her beloved Campbell Campbell and her being denied burial with her own kin. She shows herself to all of us, even people who marry into the family. First time you see her, that's OK. She's just showing you that she's got you marked, really, Auntie Morag said. OK, marked for what? I asked. I'm getting to that. You see, when Mary feels the time is right, she'll come and collect you. Collect your soul, Auntie Morag said, her eyes glinting brightly at me. Do you mean like the Grim Reaper? I asked, my mouth open. Exactly like the Grim Reaper. Our family has its own unique Grim Reaper and she's named Mary Campbell. Probably you could bargain with the Grim Reaper a bit easier than her, Auntie Morag laughed. I didn't. This was going down a path I didn't like. What else happens after you're marked, Auntie? I asked quietly. Well, you have nothing to worry about until you see her the second time. You won't miss her, as the second time she's always washing Campbell's blood out of his clothes. When you see her washing the blood, then it's time to take stock, Auntie Morag said. Did Mum and Dad see her? I asked. Yes, your father saw her, and I knew that he had, because he put his ducks in order, but he never told me precisely that she'd come. He tried to shield me. What's the point of that? We all know we're going back with her. Back to there, Auntie Morag said. Where? I asked. The old country. Back to the graveyard by the lock. In torment with our kin, you know, she said plainly. Oh, what about mum? I asked. Your mother did see her because she told me. 
She kept going on about it because you can set your watch by old Mary Campbell. When you see her washing the clothes, then you only have two weeks to live, Auntie Morag said. She glanced upwards. That lampshade needs dusting, she said offhandedly, before getting back onto the subject currently being discussed. I haven't seen her, Jane, but I think at least until I do, I'm all right. At least we have a two-week warning. Everyone else isn't as lucky. Auntie Moreg examined my face. She could see how freaked out I was. You've not seen her, have you? Auntie Moreg asked. Her brows furrowed. No, no, I'm just a little shocked about it all, I lied. I don't think I'd call it lucky. That's fine then. Just think when you go, I'll already be there with your mum and dad. The last bit of information I need to tell you is that, from what I know, the third time she comes is when she's going to take you. You can hear her footsteps approaching, even when she's on carpet, and it doesn't matter how much you run, she'll get you and take your soul with her, Auntie Morag said in awe. That was two weeks ago. I'm putting up my Christmas tree. I'm hoping it's not true. If it is, there's little I can do about it, true or not. I have the small compensation that at least I will be with Mum and Dad again, even in torment. Since that afternoon, I've slept little. and When I have... I dreamed of being in the graveyard with all the other Frasers. All the restless Fraser ghosts throughout time, imprisoned by Mary Campbell. And I don't blame her one bit. The line will end here, as I have no children, so at least I can't pass this curse on. When I placed the last decoration on the tree, I felt her approaching. I could hear footsteps coming up my front steps, the sound of distant bagpipes and the smell of heather. I sat in my chair and waited for Mary. That was A Dark Christmas Tale, written and read by Angela Blythe. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about further stories in this series or my other work, please go to www.angelablythe.com.